2: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
1: From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puff. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner.
0: What's up, everybody? Episode 31 of the Backjack is live. Brendan and Stefan here, as always. We got a very special guest in Dan Rosen joining us later on in the show. But until then, we have the Rangers and Islanders meeting tomorrow night, Thursday night for the first of two straight meetings. And both are huge because the Rangers now sit just five points back of the Islanders. They have six games remaining. I believe the Islanders have seven and it is going to come down to the wire, which we've talked about. And oh my God, is it going to be some exciting hockey?
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking how I'm doing today. Cause I'm not doing well. No, I'm
0: amped up. I'm not even, I don't you're care if you're up. doing well.
2: I am tired. I am tired of watching the same. You know what? Every single night when the Islanders play hockey and it's... Oh, we're getting
0: day. right into this now.
2: Oh, oh right into this. Really pissing me off. I want to start with a list. I made a list of the things that pissed me off last night. One, can't win a hockey game with 18 shots on goal. It's just not going to happen. And number two, Wallstrom gets an opportunity to play. He comes in the lineup. He's on the power play. Beautiful one-time shot. Wide. It Goes wide. That just can't happen. You have veterans. Zajac did this. Bailey did this. Where they do not make the easy outlet pass. They... Mess up the pass, and it got intercepted, and the Zajac one got intercepted, and the Islanders were hemmed in their zone for like two minutes. The other one was Josh Bailey when Barzal is wide open to break out. He throws the pass uh, deep, and I think he went for an icing, whatever it was. That pissed me off. Finally, we see beautiful passing, which the Islanders hadn't done all night long. Bailey makes a sick pass to Eberle. Instead of Eberle taking the wide open shot that he had on his forehand, he decides to do a spinorama that just hits off Van Dijk's pads. That pissed me off. How about Braden Coburn, who is, by the way, abysmal on defense, comes to the lineup for Noah Dobson, who helped the Islanders score two power play goals on Saturday, but he comes out. Palmieri does not get a look on the top line. It's Josh Bailey who gets a play on the top line, and, you know, Barzell looked better yesterday. He had his legs going, but still, no goals to show for it. Since the traded deadline seven games ago, the Islanders are averaging 1.57 goals per game. They've gotten worse. Palmieri and Zajac Jack haven't done much and they have not turned around this offense that was already struggling coming into it. One point that's one point five seven goals is including the game against the Rangers. That's, that's including the games against the Rangers. How many six
0: times goals? have they been shut out?
2: Uh three times in their last six games. I don't I, I don't know what Trot has to do, and I don't like you know, Trotz is trying all these combos, and I, I wrote on Twitter yesterday, okay, comes down to a point where how long are you going to blame a coach for? These players are just not getting the job done. You could put anyone with anyone right now. Nobody has stepped up once. Now, does Wallstrom come back into the lineup? Does he add a spark? He did it yesterday. He's playing third-line minutes. He's going to play third-line minutes. He's not going to see top six minutes. It's just not going to happen. He's got to make the most of his chances. That's why I go back to the power play where we complained about Barzal having a chance to take one-timers from that spot. He did it. Well, I tweeted out right away. Wallstrom would take it. He wouldn't even think twice. Then Wallstrom gets a chance yesterday. And he misses the net. And for a team like the Islanders where Trots does not give a lot of time to his youngsters to stay in the lineup, he likes his veterans. You're a youngster. You come into the lineup and you have a chance wide open, no screen in front, chance to let one rip and at least make test check He goes yep. wide. And it's just like, okay, Wallstrom, here's your chance. I don't know if it's fair that you don't get another chance, but here's your chance in the hockey game to prove something. At least hit the net. And he doesn't hit the net. And then it's like, okay, well, I wouldn't be shocked if he's not in the lineup. And the fact that Sorokin is now allowed the, a goal on the first shot he's faced in back-to-back games, I didn't like the goal he allowed yesterday. I didn't like the, the first goal he allowed on Saturday. was terrible. But the goal yesterday wasn't really his fault. Uh, turnover, uh, Barzal overskated a puck. Um, Sprong, who's just killed the Islanders recently, came in and scored. But Sorokin's down, gave him the whole entire net to shoot at. That's how he starts the game. He was perfect after that. No goals went in after that first shot of the game, less a little over a minute into the game. But, my God, it's just – it's tough to watch because then you say, okay, right now, like you said, how many points back of the Rangers? Six? Five. Five points back of the Rangers uh, – five points back of the Islanders with two games against. This is big. And you go, okay, well, the Islanders, you know, split this, whatever. Then they play the Bruins. And they play Devils twice, Sabres twice. They end with the Bruins. They probably have enough points to get in. The Devils actually won a hockey game. It's not going to be a walk in the park against them. The Sabres are playing much better, and the way the Islanders play, they don't deserve to win any night. So you're looking at like these free points. It's not even it's-
0: that. Like, even if the Islanders get in, they don't. you don't want no, to go into the fine. play spurtering, uh, no, spurtering I agree. like this. But and eventually, are- Continue. eventually, how do you – it, it is on trots a little bit. Stop tinkering with everything. But Let he, something go.
2: But he hasn't. Nothing's
0: worked. You're talking about seven but games. Again, just we've talked offense. about Wallstrom on the first line. Dude, just put Wallstrom on the first line. Right. Why? I feel like, I feel like if it was that simple. He would do it. it but he hasn't. But that's why he hasn't even gotta, tried well,
2: it. There's got to be a reason.
0: yep I, At this and point, Tom who's Mary better?
2: Has, yeah, it's not Komarov. He didn't even play yesterday. They had Bailey there. What and some
0: teams, some teams, just you can't tinker with them. And for the Islanders, back-to-back years, they made moves at the trade deadline and have just gone downhill since.
2: Okay, but if fair you, enough, If though, it ain't Pazzo, broke, don't fix it. Peugeot played well in the playoffs. He no, Peugeot,
0: Peugeot was a very good player. That was the right move. I'm not saying yeah. it wasn't. Yes. They had time to wind up getting chemistry, and it worked out. This one, acquiring two players and having to add them to your lineup, did they have to make a move? Probably. But when you're playing well, I know – like. It makes me think that they would have been better off going after Taylor Hall.
2: Oh, yeah. It but just makes me we're hearing, think. We're hearing the reports that he probably wasn't going to wait. His, his weight is no trade. He wanted to be a Bruin. So you can't really control that. But now you look back and go, did we make? Did uh, Lula Myrtle make the right decision at the deadline? Because Zadek has been a scratch already since being here. so He's not a top priority to be in the lineup. I know he's a veteran, and Charts loves that. But, I mean, Palmieri, again, he wasn't brought here to be a superstar goal scorer and fill the lead spot. He was brought there to help this team. He hasn't helped at all. It's They've been worse, and you don't know if he, that messed with the chemistry and trying to get them in the lineup because when they came, Wallstrom was out. Now, Wallstrom wasn't playing great before then, but, again, he's a rookie. It's, it's a grind of a season. Trotz been talked about that, how some of these players, these young players, have to understand it's a grind and, you know, it's not working. But the fact that Dobson wasn't in and Coburn was in, Coburn takes a penalty, five on three. Miraculously, the Islanders kill it off. I mean, their offense was terrible. Their defense was great. They they again allowed one shot on goal off one mistake in their own zone, which is Barzal's mistake. So not even on the defense, Sprung scores, and that's it. They shut down. They played great defensively, but it's just you're gonna if you're gonna make the playoffs and you're gonna slowly walk into the playoffs and expect you know the offense to just click. I'm sorry, we had a break last year, and. They got better. Again, chemistry worked out. People got healthy. out. The biggest thing was health, and they woke up in the playoffs and scored goals. And they were averaging, I think, 2.73 goals per game. They averaged three in the playoffs. Right now, they've been terrible offensively. There's nothing that points to it's just going to magically work in the playoffs, and the defense could be as good as you want it to be. The goaltending could be as good as you want it to be. you got to score goals to win. And I mean, the goal goes in yesterday. I look at my dad, and I go, well, you have to score one to win anyway. So they allowed one. So, I mean, you have to score one anyway, and the Islanders couldn't even do that. So it doesn't matter what your goaltending does. Because if you are gonna, it doesn't matter if it's one nothing or eight nothing. You did score, and I get, yeah. Well, if it's one nothing and the goalie makes big saves there, you have a chance. So if he allows more goals, yeah. But last night wasn't on Sorokin. One bad mistake by the defensive front. Of him. I would have liked him to be more aggressive. But the turnover in your own zone and they score. They didn't deserve to win last night. Like I said, you are not going to win with eighteen shots on goal, especially with the way Vanek's been playing. I mean, Tar for Martin again. After uh, we could talk about the Martin if you want. I don't think it was. Dirty. I don't think it was much of a fight. No, I mean, if you're going to pit Martins against the boards and char got inches on him, I mean, there was no chance. Martin, Martin, what are you going to jump? That,
0: that was a dirty hit, by the way.
2: I'm not even trying to be biased. Originally, originally I was like, okay, he's getting suspended. That was my first instinct, but he did... Um, Ruffo didn't turn last second. I don't like to hit at all. I thought, okay, he might have a meeting with... um, What's it called? With... uh, Player Safety? Yes, Player Safety. Thank you. And... I thought, it, but you look at the replay. You slow it down. It wasn't a great hit, but it, it didn't. It wasn't as dirty as it looked. And Martin went right over him right away. And Char made eye contact and said, "Okay, we're gonna fight." And obviously, both players have a role they have to fulfill. Martin's the fighter. Char is trying to do it for his team. They fight. Wasn't much of a fight. Nothing connected to Martin's head. It was all a shoulder. He doesn't win that fight. Obviously, most people don't win fights against Char. But just like that, wasn't that didn't even light a fire under anyone's belt. I mean, that's a big hit, and it's not a pretty hit, but. Someone's got to spark this lineup because I, there's no faith they're going to beat the bad teams. Like the way they're playing right now, they're playing like an AHL team, and it's again, it's not the losses. It's it's just the you just there's no life. They're lifeless, and I don't. Again, no. the playoffs bring about a no a uh, whole new animal. You know, just get to the playoffs, things can happen. Anything's possible. But there's not one thing I point to that's a check mark that says, "Yep, we're ready to go and play in playoff hockey against." Guess what? You've dominated bad teams. What do you do? You're not playing a bad team in the playoffs. And the teams are going to end up playing. The Rangers aren't a bad team. The Rangers are hot right now. So you're going to say the Islanders probably split that series because that's what they usually do. I know the Rangers, if the Islanders win both games in regulation, they clinch a playoff spot. Again, I'm not worried. I, I do think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to fall out. Again, they play the Sabres and the Devils. If they don't get points against them, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That's just, you, know, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. But
0: Well, the thing they, is, it could wind up being out of their control.
2: It could be. Well, they got to start picking up points. Or they have to, and
0: I, I think. Like it's. I don't think. Again, I've said it, and I've been on record saying it. I don't think the Rangers get in. I don't. But if the Rangers were to somehow win these two games, right? If they do, they're one point back. If they run the table, and in my opinion, in order for them to make the playoffs, they have to run the table, because that means you take care of the Bruins twice and the Capitals twice. They could very well beat the Capitals twice. They have a very good record against the Capitals. If they run the table and they are a point ahead of either of those two teams, it comes down to the last game of the season and they play each other and they are fans of whatever team they need to lose. Uh, whatever team they need to lose, they're fans of the other team. So it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Islanders come into that last game or the Bruins go into that last game on the outside looking in if the Rangers run on the table. And, it's going to be crazy to watch. Tomorrow's game is going to feel like a playoff game.
2: I mean, last night felt like a playoff game where obviously it was one nothing, And what happened was the Caps got their lead early and they played Islanders hockey. And they shut them down and didn't allow anything. Now, the offense wasn't good. They weren't really creating. Barzal created it a little bit. But we got to see more of – yeah Barzal, you know, he's doing too much in the offensive zone. He's not trusting his uh, line mates. Well, I don't blame you. Everybody's got two goals in his last 10 games. Whoever they fill in at the left wing spot doesn't do anything or help out at all. And so Barzal is trying to be creative, and he loses the puck. And I'd rather see him be creative than just do nothing. But at the same time, it's worrisome because the defense knows what they're going to do. They know Barzal is going to take it up, and he's probably going to try to make a move. And last, yesterday he made a brilliant move to cut to the inside, than outside, and gets absolutely decked. Because he didn't trust his linemates to dish the puck off. He wanted to do it himself, and he, his face met the ice. And it's just... I don't know what Trotz can do. You say put uh, Walsh on the top line, but if that doesn't work, which I don't think it would, I don't know. I think it's a mental thing right now with the Islanders players where there's just no confidence. And They didn't really get opportunities to score yesterday. They had a few chances. Josh Bailey, like two one-timers, right into Vanecek. He played well again. His story is incredible. He should never have been playing. But you spoke about the Rangers against the Capitals. Ovechkin missed the game again yesterday fourth time Ovechkin has not played against the Islanders this year. The Caps are four zero. When Wilson was when Wilson was suspended, which I, they heard the stat last night, Brendan Burke said it. When Wilson was suspended for his hit earlier in the year, Caps went seven and 7 and zero. They have so much depth, and now you had Anthony Mantha, a big body. I mean, they just they're geared up and ready to go for the. Yesterday was a cap scheme. If you're the Capitals, you watch on replay before your first game of the playoffs and say. This is exactly what we have to do. They dominated pace of play. They scored early, and they played very smart defensively. They took a couple of penalties, but the Islanders didn't come through on their power play, which is fine because the Islanders don't come through on their power play. So you could afford to do that. But it's like the Capitals are get up and ready to go. The Bruins are playing a lot better as of late. The Penguins look ready to go, and if the Rangers make the playoffs, they look ready to go. It's just it's very frustrating because you're not seeing improvements. You're going out there. I was thinking about this in the car. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? It's doing the same thing over and sure. over again, expecting the same result. That's the Islanders. They're going into the game the same way every game, and then doing the same thing wrong over and over again, and nothing's changing. That's insane. And Trotz, again, making the line changes is great. That's changing things up. But you're getting the same exact result every time. And that's driving me insane, Brendan.
0: I, I can imagine it is. And, you know, just a reminder, Dan Rosen will be joining us in a little bit, and we're going to talk with him. About the Rangers' coaching situation, but it seems like the Islanders right now have their own dilemma, and coaching is always going to be a factor whenever things are going bad, right? And I know that Barry Trotz is a great coach, but it's too much tinkering. You need some type of chemistry. And
2: <laughs> he, he said, you need it. said that last year, I believe, during the regular season, after his uh, the season ended and he had his press conference, um, he said, "I think I." Was too detailed, too, too involved with changing things up. I need to step back, and he hasn't. And that's like a microcosm of what he told Barzal: Barzal's got to shoot the puck more. Guess what? Since since Lee's been gone, you'd think that Barzal would shoot the puck more to create more offense, and he's not doing it. Again, it's insane because the things that need to be changed aren't changed. And I I don't think Trotz has handled his rookies very well this year. Again, if you when the trade deadline happened, and Trotz had benched Wallstrom already. And he said Wallstrom's gonna be in this lineup come season's end. Like he's gonna be in the lineup. All right, if he's gonna be in the lineup, what do you be thinking? He, you need him to be in the lineup as much as possible. That way he gets as much time under his belt to figure out what he has to do and then go in yep. the playoffs. Sorry, healthy scratching him for Co- I get I get Komarov. He's I mean people want to hate on Komarov. Komarov has done his job when he's in the lineup. Sorry, putting him on the first line and expecting him to score is oh let's bring back to this point insane. He doesn't score goals. He's not there to score goals. He's there to have to kill penalties and to, to play a defensive-minded uh, type of game. And that's why on the first line it worked. Defensively, they weren't allowing goals, which is great. The problem is they weren't scoring goals either. So if Wallstrom is your weapon that you want on the power play and the weapon that's going to bring a fire, he's got to be in the lineup. You keep taking him out. I'm sorry. They, I don't know what that does to a rookie. When How do you gain momentum when you're on the bench? You come back into a game like yesterday – Definitely has to shake off some rust. It's not that easy to just go back in the lineup against a Capitals team, a big-bodied Capitals team that throws their weight around. He comes back in the lineup, wasn't great, misses the net. So now, what are you going to do? Take him out the next game? How is he going to improve on? You know, how is he going to keep shaking off rust? It's not going to happen. He's got to see in the, the same
0: exact thing, same exact thing happening in, in Brooklyn and in New York, and you know, with the Rangers. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, we had Quinn mismanaging rookies, mismanaging rookies. Now, all of a sudden, Lafreniere gets put on the top line and producing. He scores the game-winning goal last night. got 17 points over the last month and a half. He's scoring. you got to let these kids play. And there, Dobbs- there is no reason that Paul Mary even should be playing over Wallstrom on a first line. No, I, Mary I mean- has been having a terrible season before yes. coming here. I mean, he's, he's not also- doing anything.
2: But he was also on a very terrible Devils team. Oh, Okay. No no, I'm saying though the so this play was awful. He wasn't playing well because the team was terrible. The Honors were a good team. You expect him to come here and have more goals than he has right now. Like it's absurd. The Honors ins-
0: are a worse offensive team than the Devils.
2: Oh yeah, I agree. Right now, it's it's just it's just crazy. You know, like Dobson. How is Dobson gonna learn after making a mistake? You give Mayfield opportunity after top opportunity to prove that oh it's just it's just having a rough go of things. Sorokin which is very confusing. Valamov didn't play yesterday. He's a little banged up. It was his 33rd birthday. Happy birthday, Valamov. You didn't get to play. So after the game, Trot states that Sorokin was scheduled to start the game all along, which should have been a boat of confidence after the terrible game he had on on Saturday. And Sorokin played well. He played well. But, I mean, it's just uh, some of the – don't understand i love for him to explain himself, except he doesn't have to, and he won't because, he again, he doesn't give off that information. Him and Lou Lamarillo are very secretive about what they do, about who they're going to start and goal. But I want someone to ask Trots Maybe I'll ask a question to ask him the next thing. What are the odds that we see Wallstrom play with Barzal? Because I've don't. i seen Palmieri. He's never started the game with Barzal, but I've seen during games, in-game tinkering, where Palmieri's got in with Barzal. What, what is stopping? Is it him being on his off wing? Did Wallstrom say he doesn't like playing because if Wallstrom doesn't think he comfortable on his off wing, then that's the answer to your question. He doesn't want to play the left side because that's not his game, even though he plays the left side on the power play. but you know whatever I' I'm not a am not a forward at the NHL level. I don't know what it takes to play your off wing. but if, if Wallstrom not says the, if Wallstrom says a listen I'm not comfortable playing there, and then, of course, Trot's not going to put him there in a spot where he's not comfortable. But at the same time, I doubt that's the case. I'm assuming Wallstrom, if he said, hey, well, hey, Wallstrom, you're going to play more. If you play on your off wing, do you mind? I don't think Wallstrom's saying, nah, I'll take the, the 10 minutes and change. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. It's it, just he, not.
0: He definitely feels comfortable. Every shooter, every person, that a sniper in this league, loves playing on that off wing.
2: There's it makes not an ounce of way that he is. You open up for the one time. I want to go back to the I don't remember the game that I was at where Pajot scored that one time goal on the odd man rush. That first uh it was a second goal on Shisterkin in the game that I went to. Do you remember that?
0: It was a while ago. Early okay. this month. Anyway, yep.
2: beautiful goal. That's what I envisioned Washington doing. Getting that puck and just letting it rip Bardowski. And I he's got the talent. You just you get an opportunity like you did yesterday, you missed the net. And it's like, okay, why are you in the lineup? You know, to everybody in the Islanders lineup right now, why are you in the lineup? Barzell, I get it. Brings the speed. He's, you know, bad, bad management of his lines. It's just not working. Nice drop, Brendan Butterfingers. Anyway, so whatever you do with the first line, but it all—it's not one line that's going to carry this team. Like someone asked me on Twitter just now, he DM'd me and said, "Do you think Wallstroms that fired the Islanders offense needs? It's not going to take one guy." Let's say Wallstrom scores yesterday and the Islanders the guy find that way
0: makes to- seven million dollars is supposed to be the fire.
2: Yeah, but I don't understand why it's not gonna be one guy. Wallstrom could only do so much, but it's a, it's a line. It can't be one guy because Islanders don't have one guy that could carry this team. Barzal could take around all he wants. He's not shooting it. He's gotta pass it to someone that's gonna finish. No one's doing that. They don't have that superstar talent. Again, had this conversation. Barzal has superstar skills. He's not a superstar. He's not. A superstar can handle... superstar... And I hate to bring this up. Look at John Tavares. Obviously, with Toronto, different role. With the Islanders, though. Islanders are winning games because John Tavares had the moves, the passing ability, and he could score. He lit the lamp all the time. He made he made nice passes. He didn't check hard, but it doesn't matter at all. He knew he could carry this team by himself because when the Islanders won with Tavares, it was, a, it was a one-man show. He was scoring and doing that. Well, guess what? The Islanders are trying to be a one-man show with Barzal. He doesn't have... The abilities that Tavares has because he can deke around and has better skating ability. Don't get me wrong. Deke around, pass it off and do that stuff. He doesn't have the shot. Look at the biggest thing is, well, you know, his line mates. Look at Barkov Fatrano is his line mate. Okay. In Florida, his two top players alongside him aren't superstar talents. They're guys that could bury, but Barkov's a superstar. He carries, he's able to shoot. He's able to score. He plays in the penalty kill. He plays on the power play. That's a superstar. How about Sidney Crosby? passing machine, could still make sick moves and score. Barzal hasn't ended that scoring element, and he tries to score the beauty goals, and he does. He scores the beautiful goals. But in the playoffs, you're not getting opportunities like that to score beautiful goals. You have this grind those and the beautiful score goals.
0: goals once every 24 games.
2: But you have to get those grinding goals where it's the pucks on the goal and you dive and make it, or, or it's backdoor and you finish off a play. You're not going to put the highly real goals on the playoffs. It doesn't matter how you score in the playoffs. You just have to score. And If you're not going to shoot the puck, you're not going to score we know what they're saying. So it's just very frustrating to to watch the Islanders playing just the same thing game after game. You, I don't expect a different result. Like yesterday's game, I didn't have confidence. The Islanders were going to score a goal. Therefore, they were going to lose again, and they get swept in this three-game set against the Capitals. It, it's just atrocious.
0: Yep, it's not good. But the Rangers are a team that has the most points in the NHL since March. Um, they have now passed the Vegas Golden Knights, they have played, I think, two more games, but they have 32 points. They're like 15-6-3 or 15-6-2, or I believe it is. Yep, that makes mathematical sense right there. So doing what they have to do. They're beating up on the, the Devils and Sabres. Uh, I think they finished the year at 6-1-1 one and one against Buffalo, which is very good. It's what they had to do. Now they have to take care of business against the good teams, right? The only team that they've been able to consistently beat that's ahead of them in the standing is Washington. Uh, they've split a couple of times with the Islanders, lost one in OT, but they've lost, I think, four out of the six against the Islanders so far. So you got to find a way to, to do a little bit better now. And against Boston, that becomes really the, the pivotal series of the season to finish it off. But anyway, Lafreniere scoring. Kako looks good. Fox is Fox. But right now, everything is clicking. And the only thing we have yet to see with this team, which is my lone – lone remaining question mark when it comes to Quinn being that guy is can he out coach somebody in a big game every single time they have a big game they lose they had a big game last week against the Islanders where they could have cut into that lead and if they won that game instead of getting absolutely pummeled they're three points back right now with two games left against the Islanders
2: I mean you saw how- you do it you saw Todd Reardon last year in the Capitals Islander series where he got absolutely outcoached by Barry Trotz and lost his job. And that's again, that's a team that made the playoffs and was a very good team last year. He gets fired after that round. He deserved it. He was completely outcoached. He didn't look like his team was ready at all. Again, players didn't do anything either, which is tough, but it's easier to fire a coach and fire a whole entire team. But for the Rangers, you know, it's just desperate hockey. And they're playing well. I mean, the Sabres – game wasn't beautiful the whole entire time but they found a way to get two points and right now that's all that matters you get the points again just get to the dance and then what you do at the dance it's what you do you have to just get there first but I don't know we saw last year in the playoffs and if you want to call it the playoffs in the qualifying rounds the Islanders, uh the Rangers excuse me were outplayed by Carolina and Quinn was out coach I mean Brendan Moore is a great coach then no one's debating that at all but Quinn didn't look ready to go so you expect right now though with x amount of what six games left you said or eight for the Rangers. Six
0: games left for the Rangers.
2: Six games left for the Rangers. Uh, there's must-win. And for the Islander fans, everyone's like, well, it's not a must-win technically. For the Rangers, it is a must-win every single game. At least a point. You have to get the second one if you can, though, because, like you said, they're chasing right now.
0: But they really but, have to win out.
2: But if you like the way the Rangers are playing, Quinn likes what he's getting from his youngsters, keep playing them. They need to play more minutes. Because in the off chance that they don't make the playoffs, this is valuable time that they won't get back. And if you continue, let's say the Rangers lose their next two games and they math, they're not going to make the playoffs. All right, you can play your youngers now, but you want the youngsters playing in moments when it's you have to show up. It's, this is such a learning opportunity for these players to know what playing desperate hockey is like. If the Rangers were a top team in this division and they're cruising along with 10 games left and they make the playoffs, whatever, let's say they're a top two team, You know the Ranger players... Not gonna be lack of days ago, but there's no, you don't have to have a fight every night because you're already in. I think this is more valuable now that the Rangers are on the outside looking in because you know we think next year this is going to be the team that's going to be a top team. They're going to finally figure things out. I like that they have to play desperate hockey at this point in the season, given how young they are, rather than have to sit back and just wait for the playoffs to begin.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely helps. I mean, I feel like the preference would be to be in the Bruins no, spot yeah. right now,
2: <laughs> where yeah. they're
0: still playing desperate hockey, but they're in right now, uh, but. Yeah. I mean, you got Lafreniere. I know it's against the Sabres, but him scoring a game-winning goal in a must-win situation like that, that's some big time. And Ryan Strom said after the game that Lof looked at him and told him, we're going to go out and get one right now. And the next shift, they scored. So uh, that's a drive that you want to see. Kako's puck possession was crazy. Philip Edel yesterday made a move around Rasmus Dahlin, who we know is struggling a little bit, but he's still a great skater. Just blew right by him and missed on the forehand. Uh, They're, they're, cooking and uh, we don't even have to talk about Panera and what he does he's just ridiculous but I want to talk before we get to our interview I know that you saw the video I tweeted it out Adam Fox's shift and I I think it was Jay Fresh Hockey tweets out all those advanced hockey analytics the top 10 NHL defensemen in war Victor Mm -hmm. Hedman's not even on the list number one is Adam Pellick and number two is Adam Fox Adam. So if Adam Fox is that much more valuable to his team than Victor Hedman is, Norris, Victor Hedman doesn't play on the top pairing for defenses, for like defensive top pairing. McDonough and I think Z- uh, Zarnik are. Fox does.
2: Not Zarnik, Chernak.
0: Chernak, yeah. I'm thinking of Austin Zarnik.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Norris. You look at it, if the Rangers just watching that replay of what he does. It reminded me of Kel McCarr. It did. The way he, the vision he had the whole entire time, the way he kept moving his feet. And then it looked like Kaprizov a little bit when he goes behind the neck, Kaprizov, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Just to keep moving your feet and is always looking up. You know, he's never looking down at the puck because if he does, he's going to get stripped. He's not. He knows where people are going to be. Like his, his lead sauce pass to somebody on the left side was just, it wasn't a usual sauce pass. It was more yeah. like a, a chip pass where he gave himself enough time. It was. It was just – honestly, it was beautiful hockey. You know how much
0: confidence you have to have to do that toe that he does at the blue line? Like, that guy is right on top of him. If it gets poked off his stick, it's a breakaway the other way. And he just toes right around him, chips it over the guy's stick, and sends Ligrin into space for a shot. And every single pass that he did, everyone he gave the puck to, had significantly more space than he did. Like, he just creates openings for people to have chances.
2: Fox could do crazy that. To watch. Fox could do that. A, a second-year player, but a 15-year vet can't make an easy outlet pass. Like that's what I talk about. The Islanders is they don't make simple passes, and then you're seeing players like Fox who love him. He's a great hockey player, making unreal passes the whole, four or five times in a single shift. I yeah. mean,
0: Fox is a different type of talent than
2: he is. I and mean, the crazy thing is, before we go to the interview, is the youngster, young defenseman we have in the NHL, whether it's Quinn Hughes, Kel McCarr, uh, Fox, just they're all like similar in the way they they have vision and they look, they act like ten year vets out there. It's crazy. It's crazy the like exponential growth we've seen from Fox. I mean, he was already so good last year, and I didn't see a year like this coming. I, I did not. And he's just found his own and. It's, it's, it's just I don't, I don't have words. I don't have words. He's yeah. just that much of a talent. And, it's. I again, it's the Rangers, and obviously you know where I stand in the Rangers. But to have a guy like that in New York playing New York hockey, it's exciting stuff.
0: It is. And before we go to the interview, the last thing I'll say is these guys haven't even played a full NHL season yet. We have not seen a full season from Hughes, McCarr or a Fox. What can they do after a three week training camp plus six preseason games and go over the course of 82. It's going to be so crazy to see. And, Of course, I think Fox is the cream of the crop right now amongst defensemen, but I know how good McCarr is. I know how good Hughes is, and I am so excited as a hockey fan to see what they can do. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was
2: only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true.
0: Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be
1: like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and Give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the
0: preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. For the course of an 82-game season. All right. Now we have the pleasure of welcoming Dan Rosen, senior writer for NHL.com, covering the New York Rangers onto the show. Dan, thank you very much for coming on tonight.
1: Absolutely. Happy to do it.
0: Thank Thank you. So I'm going to toss the flo- uh, give you the floor right now because I know that you wanted to uh, you know, kind of call me out and some of the Rangers fans for our Quinn rhetoric. So I'm going to toss it to you, and let's let's see what what you got to say about David Quinn. Yeah,
1: look, I get it. Fans want more. I, you know, it makes sense to me. Okay, I, it does. You know, you're 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 out of the playoffs for a number of years, and, and fans want more. And they see young kids coming into the lineup, and they say to themselves, "Boy, I can't wait to see this guy with this guy," or "I can't wait to." you know, see this guy and how how good he's going to be. He's got to be playing up. He's got to be – it takes time. It takes time. Like, the NHL is not a developmental league, and it's not like the Rangers are short on top six forwards. They're not. So, Alexi Lafreniere, perfect example. Capococco last year, another example, right? Even this year. Alexi Lafreniere comes into this season. He's not afforded – what a normal rookie is afforded, especially a normal teenage rookie is afforded. He didn't have a full year of last year, junior or amateur hockey, right? He didn't because of the pandemic. He did not have uh, the draft combine. He did not have a normal draft. He didn't have development camp. He didn't have a full summer of training within the Rangers system. He didn't have prospects camp. He didn't have a training camp. He didn't have exhibition games. And he's thrown right into it. It takes time. What you're seeing now from Alexi Lafreniere is not necessarily a result of him playing with Pika Zbanejad and Pavel Bucinevich. It's a result of him earning the playing time to play with Pika and Pavel Bucinevich because he's starting to do all the things that the Rangers want him to do. Skate away from the puck, be good on the walls, be physical, uh, and, and, you know, get to the front of the net when need be. Do all those things and you're playing on a line with Filipino mm-hmm. and Capocacco for a lot of the season. Let's see you do those things with those guys. And if you can do those things with those guys and you start to develop your game, we'll move mm-hmm. you up. They didn't move him down. They haven't put him on the fourth line. They haven't scratched him. It's a development yeah. year for, for Alexi Lafreniere. And mm-hmm. look at what he's doing now. It's not because he's playing with Mika's advantage. Well, I mean, it helps that he's playing with Mika Zeman. <laughs> Zaman- but the fact is, is that he has earned the right to play for the, with those two guys because of everything he's done, and now you're seeing the benefit of it. They did, the Rangers didn't want Alexi Lafreniere to be stuck on the third line all season. They wanted him to develop and earn it to get to the first line, which is exactly what's happened. And and look, Chris Kreider moving down to the third line has made Hito and, and Paco that much more effective. Vitaly Kravtsov comes in this season. Everybody's calling, well, just throw him up with Panarin and Jerome. Let's go. Colin Blackwell's done nothing but produce. He's done nothing but produce in that role. So it it takes time. It's it's not something that just gets thrown together and a guy gets out there and poof, magic, you got great things. Could it happen that way? Sure. But the the arguments and the baiting and the yelling and screaming that I see, and I I see it from a minority of fans on Twitter, admittedly so, but I have some friends of mine who are Ranger fans and they're saying the same things and it's not on Twitter. Just take a deep breath. You know, I mean, these kids are developing at the right pace. It's the National Hockey League. It doesn't just come at you so easily. And, and look, you know, Lafreniere is going to be a star. And how do we know that? Because in the second half of his first year in a pandemic season, the kids play like one
0: yes he is definitely and the the trajectory that he's on especially in the second half like you just said in an 82 game season he'd have still so many games left to continue to score oh and he doesn't have that right now um the one knock I've had on Quinn and I've said this last year on the hockey writers all all the things that I've wrote uh, written about is I just think that there's some adjustments that he has to learn and can a coach who's Very new. like We forget this is his first NHL coaching job as well. Mm -hmm. Can he learn how to make those adjustments quickly enough to be able to benefit and beat some of these bigger-name coaches? Rob Brindamore kind of schooled him last year, but that was his first run in it. So now I want to see how he does in a two-game set against the Islanders against who was one of the well-regarded coaches in the league in Barry Uh Troutes.
1: A hundred percent, you know, and Rod Brendamore. Yeah. I mean, the Carolyn Hurricanes schooled the New York Rangers last year. It wasn't so oh, yeah. much Rod Brendamore schooling David Quinn. It was an experienced team that played in the Eastern conference final the year before who came back ready to go and knew exactly how they had to play versus a team that the pandemic hit them at the wrong, you know, I mean, every pandemic hit everybody at the wrong time. So let's be honest with <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, in terms of if their season was going to pause for any reason, whatever it may be, It paused at the wrong time for the New York Rangers. They were on a trajectory like they're on right now, right? And then they had to come back and they had to figure out how to play in the playoff series, and and it's a team that hadn't played together in playoff series, and they got schooled because of it, and so did David Quinn, but excuse me, like, that was a learning experience for them. There wasn't that much they could take from it other than the bitter defeat and never wanted to go through that again, but again, you learn a little bit from it. I, I think David Quinn, look, he's... He is still a a young coach by NHL standards. He's not a young coach. He's been around a long time in terms of coaching. Um, And he's – I don't know what you necessarily mean by adjustments. I think part of what it is is getting the team ready to go from the drop of the puck in big games. And I don't – I think that's partially on the coach, but I think it's partially on the players too. And the Rangers have a lot of guys – uh, the way the roster is made up, and David Quinn's talked about it, and he is right—that are East-West type of players, when you get down to the nitty-gritty in these types of games, especially like the two they're going to play against the New York Islanders, who are coming off a three-game losing streak right now—you got to play North. You got to play North. You can't play the East-West type of game and expect it to be successful. So they have to come out in these games ready to charge, ready to go at the Islanders, and not just dippin' doodle around it. They got to charge and be ready to go and i know that's going to be the message from david quinn but then again you got to get through to the players and the players have to be able to execute that plan it's all encompassing it's not just quinn it's not just the players this is big i mean i thought it was significant that they went out and they won 7 of 8 against the flyers devils and sabers that was that's that was big. big you know that's big cuz this is the national hockey league i mean to win 6 in a row against buffalo and new jersey you expect you to trip up once or twice in that and still be fine you know But they won those seven of eight against those three teams. Now they're close with the Islanders, the Capitals, and the Bruins. What they have to do is they have to make those games against Boston matter. That, that to me, would be huge for the Rangers.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that would be fun for all fans to watch, too, some competitive games at the end of the season. But you kind of mentioned it. They now play two games against the Islanders, which are actually two pivotal games, just being five points back of them in the standings. Uh, so the Islanders have struggled offensively. That's been told in three shutouts in the last six games, mm-hmm. but the last time they played the Rangers, that seemed to be the cure for them. So do you think that this rivalry just gets them going on a different level than what they play against other teams? Or do you think that the Rangers might be able to take advantage of an Islanders team that's struggling right now?
1: Well, I think the Rangers have to try to take advantage of an Islanders team that's struggling right now. And to do that, like I was saying, you got to come out, you got to play North, and you got to try to get a lead early in the game then you, you're talking about an Islander team that scored one or fewer goals in eight of their last 14 games. I mean, that is that is kind of ridiculous, you know. That's, that's but, they, but they also scored eight, you know, in one game, and they scored six in another against the Rangers. So they can score. It's not like they can't score. They're just struggling right now, and the Rangers have to try to keep them down. I don't think it's the rivalry that's going to bring out energy from the Islanders. I think it'll help, no question about it. I think that that is a factor. But I think a three-game losing streak against the Washington Capitals and realizing that if they lose to the Rangers in regulation, they only have a three-point lead on their rival with another game to play Saturday. That should be enough motivation because I, I was saying this before, too, on the NHL Network. I, I, I think as much as we look at it in the standings, it shows that the Rangers are chasing, chasing the Bruins. To me, the Rangers are really chasing the Islanders right now. And they, 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 can, they can catch them if they win these two games.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the fact that the last game of the season, after the Rangers are already done, comes down to the Islanders and Bruins. If yeah. the Rangers are in it and ahead of them, I mean, that could be, they could be sitting there well, and, said, and being fans I mean, themselves.
1: They could be one point back in the Islanders with four games left to play. Now those games for the Rangers are against Washington and Boston. So it's not easy. Uh, nope. but if they were to knock the Islanders out in these next two games, now you're talking about an Islander team. that's Right. Uh, and you got to do it in regulation. You can't give up three points here. Um, now you're talking about an Islander team that's lost five in a row, and that's obviously a big factor. So uh, I think they're chasing them. I think they're a long shot, the Rangers. Um, okay. In the end, I think they run out of runway here. Uh, but they have made it interesting. And like I said, if they can make the, the first game that they play against Boston in the last, of the last two a meaningful hockey game in some capacity, I think you have to look at the, the totality of this season and say, hey, this was a huge stepping stone season for the Rangers. It's a success. And then you go into the next season and you say, now it's time to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that definitely is a success being competitive this late and no qualifying around this time. So they're they're running out of runway, runway like you said. But sticking on the Islanders for one second, Matt Barzal has struggled mightily over the last 25 games. I think he has four goals over those last 24, three of which came in one game. Now, one of the things that I've been saying on this show is maybe try Wallstrom on his wing, and it hasn't seemed to be something that Trotz has gone to yet. Do you think that that might be something we see over the final five games or something that is not going to happen this season but could potentially happen in the future?
1: Well, I think what you're talking about there makes sense, but you're also looking at a guy, a rookie in Oliver Wallstrom, who's been up and down. I mean, he's had really good runs, and then he's been quite cold, and You're trying to put him in a huge role, uh, you know, in in a key, key time in the season. It's similar to the debate about Lafreniere or Kravtsov or Kako, you know, with the Rangers. Is he ready for that? You know, I mean, it makes sense from an offensive standpoint, but they don't just play offense, you know. So I I think (laughs) I do think it makes sense. I think you do that, you know, in a period. You know, if you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle, I don't necessarily you start that way if you're Barry Trotz, because you had a formula. And to be honest, I know they're struggling right now, but their formula works. It really does. And it's worked for a couple of years now with Barry Trotz. You don't want to deviate from that. And they're not a team built on Matt Barzell having to produce for that team to win. And that's the key part of that. And that's, you know, why you need Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri and JG Pajot and, you know, Anthony Bobillier and all these other guys to, to step up, you know, if Matthew Barzell is not producing. But they're not built to be a one, you know, a star-laden team, so to speak. But in terms of, you're asking a rookie to do a lot. And I remember a quote from David Quinn. Um, and, I, I, again, I, I mean, he's not perfect. I, 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 David Quinn has his flaws, believe me. But it was a very good quote. Where he said sometimes we're asking a 19. He's talking about LaFreniere. Sometimes we're asking a 19-year-old to play like a 24-year-old, and it's unrealistic. And with Oliver Wallstrom, I think of that. You're asking a younger player to play like an older player in a key time of the season with an old with a veteran player and a younger veteran player in Barzell. It might be a lot for Wallstrom, but you do it. You know, second period, you're struggling, can't find anything, toss them together, throw them out for a first shift, see see if it sticks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a key time, especially for a young player, like you said, but at the same time, scoring one goal or fewer in 8-14, you can't get worse. So, (laughs) I mean, it might actually, it might be a little more, a little less pressure on him. But, you know, we look at the Rangers now in this series and two must-win games, obviously. Georgiev or Shesterkin, right? Georgiev has had such good numbers against the Islanders, but Shesterkin has been Number one guy, he's looked good uh, throughout the second half of the season since he came back from injury. And do you trust him to be your number one him or do you think that your is just when he sees the Islanders, his eyes light up and that gives you the better chance to win?
1: It's a great question. It really is. I don't know that I have a really good answer. Um, you can go um, both I, ways here. <laughs> I would say, I would say you go with Shosturkin. You know, Thursday night, and, and I say that because he's your number one guy and he's playing well. And at some point, you're your number one guy going to have to play your rival and, and beat your rival, right? I mean, at some point, it, that's going to have to happen. So I, I would go with Shosturkin because you, you ride the guy that got you there, and, and as you know, georgia has been fine and, and whatnot. But Shosturkin's your number one guy, and this is the time for your number one guy to be playing if you want to stay in the race. So that, that's that's where I'm going. But I can see absolutely the other side of it if they choose to go with georgiev Thursday night. Look, I mean, I'm not going to – I wouldn't argue against it just because his numbers are so good against the Islanders. But to me, your number one guy has got to be playing in these types of games, and that's Igor Shostakovich, and he's proven that.
0: Yep, so I agree, but I agree from a different perspective because I'd rather – lose with the number one, then throw Georgiev in there and he looks bad and you go, Oh, we should have started Shisterkin. So I yeah. think that like you said, you gotta ride your number one there. Shesterkin's been the guy and listen, if he's that number one and that curse of the future, these are two big games for him to get experience in anyway against the are Absolutely.
1: And he's yep. so he's unflappable, he's confident, he's moving well, he looks good. There's really no reason not to play. I mean, and you're you're yep. going up against the team that's struggling to score. To me, it's like a perfect storm for Igor Sesterkin to play.
0: Yep, I agree. And even in two games against the Sabres, they won both, but he was really the Rangers' best player both nights. At uh, times, absolutely, yep. yeah. So looking towards this offseason now, there's been rumors that the Rangers are going to be very aggressive. Do you see that? Do you see them looking to make that big trade? I know Eichel's name's been thrown out there. I feel like that would be a little too much to give up, but – they have the pieces to make a move like that to maybe solidify the middle. They're back end, they're going to get Nils Lundqvist, so they're going to have that group that they've been longing for over the last two years, waiting for everybody to come over. Do you see them trying to tinker a, a roster together to make that big run?
1: Yeah, I do. I see. I do. I think they're going to try to make a move here. Um, yeah, I do because they have what a lot of teams want. They have young defensemen, you know, and for the Rangers. You know Fox is there. You know Lindgren's there. Miller ain't going anywhere, right? Um, you know Truba's not going anywhere. So there's your top four. Hayek's been okay, not great. I mean, I think mean, you want more out of Libor Hayek. There's no question about that. We'll see where the development there goes. Uh, Zach Jones has looked okay, sheltered, limited minutes, but another ch- another another kid that's playing. Lil uh, nils Lundquist is going to come over. He's going to be in there. you got a bunch of others. Tarma in that you know, he's biding his time in Hartford, ready to go. Uh, there's a lot. You can't play them all. So, I think you have, to, you, you have to trade from your position of strength to address a position of need. I guess I, you want to say need. I could You could say need, but I guess to address one of the most important positions, which is the center position, and they also have a lot of young wings too. They have a lot of wingers, so it, it's it's. I think they can make something work here, and I do think they're gonna shoot for something big. I do, I do think they're gonna shoot for something big, and uh, and we'll see where it goes. Could it be Jack Eichel? It absolutely could be Jack Eichel. You know why not? You know I could be Jack Eichel. You know they have a lot of things the Sabers would want, so you got to make it happen. But I think if if you're looking at that type of trade. You're probably looking, and I'm just tossing this out there. I don't have any information on this. He's told me this. But if you're looking at a trade with Jack Eichel, it's not just a a couple of young defensemen. I mean, you're probably looking at a Pavel Buchnevich uh, having a go or, you know, a Kako having a go. And and I I say Buchnevich simply because you got to make the cap work too. You know? Um, and, And Eichel's got a $10 million cap hit. So, it it's intriguing. I think they're going to have a very intriguing off season. It could end up that they do nothing and that would be fine. I think they're in a, you know, set up pretty well in that capacity to, to be okay. But I do think that they're going to shoot for something big.
0: Yeah, and it's a good problem to have because either you have too many youngsters that they can't all play or you have enough assets to move and get somebody like an Eichel. But one person is definitely going to be off this team come the offseason because of the expansion draft. So people now with the way Blackwell's played are like maybe they should protect him. They have Gautier, They have Howden. They have a bunch of guys who are kind of vying for that last protection spot. Who do you think is the one that gets protected and who do you think the, uh, Seattle might be going after?
1: I think I think in the end they're going to protect Howden. I think David Quinn really likes Brett Howden. Uh, he doesn't have much offense to his game, but you know, he kills penalties, plays fourth line. If you become a good team, you know, players like Brett Howden become really valuable to your team because they, they take hard minutes away from some of your best players in, in really meaningful games. So I think in the end they do protect him. I think they've caught a little lightning in a bottle here with Blackwell, but you know how far you really need to go with that. How's uh, a younger player, Gauthier? To me, if they liked him, if the coach liked him, he'd be playing right now. You know, so, so I, I just don't. I just don't see it. Julian Gauthier is really interesting. He's Loaded with talent, he's just loaded with talent. He scored at every level except the National Hockey League. He hasn't quite figured out how to make his game translate into the NHL. He's not going to play a top six role. Like, he's just not going to play a top six, not on this team, you know? So you have to find a way, if you're Julian Gauthier, when you were playing this season, to make yourself a factor when you're not playing a top six role, and he hasn't been able to do that because his game has always been a top six game, and he's not now a top six player in the National Hockey League. And you can't figure it out. You're going to get phased out pretty fast.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, before I let you go, one last thing. Let me get a prediction for tomorrow night. Do you think the Rangers come out on top, or do you think the Islanders win at Madison Square Garden?
1: I think the Islanders are coming off a three-game losing streak, and they have uh, been very quiet offensively, and they're going into the Garden, and they want to put the Rangers away, and they're a veteran, solid, well-coached team. I think the Islanders win tomorrow night.
0: All right, so I'm going to have to edit this out now. Um, sounds good. <laughs> All right, Dan, thank you very much, man. See what the Rangers are made
1: of in these next couple of games, you know? Listen,
0: I'm just ecstatic, and I know Stefan is as well, that we're going to have some meaningful Rangers Islanders games at the end of the season. It's been too long, so it's going to be fun to watch tomorrow night, regardless of the result. But, Dan, thank you very much for, for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at BackCheckPod.